Welcome to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. As a veteran senior pastor, Dr. Sullivan understands the importance of Bible teaching in the spiritual growth and development of God's people. Dr. Sullivan's method of teaching the Bible is to read and carefully explain each chapter and verse in clear and understandable terms so the student of the Bible gains the full understanding of God's Word. Now prepare yourself to learn and grow as Dr. Sullivan teaches through the Bible. Hello, welcome to another session of Teaching Through the Bible. I'm Dr. Ken Sullivan. In this session, I'll be teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. So let's begin. I'm reading from the New International Version, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who was our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we're destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. Paul and Silas had been driven out of Thessalonica shortly after establishing this fledgling church there and uh, among the, the uh, Thessalonian people. Uh, the Jewish people there had rejected Paul's message and had uh, began to heavily persecute them and then finally drive them out. Well, Paul and Silas were concerned and, and the, their missionary company were concerned about the saints who were there. They were concerned. They wondered if they really had the time to teach these new saints and get them really rooted in God so that they could uh, be able to stand against the heavy persecution that was immediately coming upon them. So they worried about how these new Christians were doing. Not knowing about them was, was torture for Paul and company. So they finally sent Timothy to check on them and to strengthen them and encourage them in their faith. Paul was worried uh, that their faith might fail due to this heavy persecution. They hadn't had the chance to really, as far as Paul knew, get into the depth of Christ. And so he was really concerned whether or not they were, would be able to stand against the persecution and against the temptation. Paul had tried to prepare them, but uh, he wasn't sure if he really had the time that he needed to really get them rooted and grounded like he, he really wanted to. Now I'm reading verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. So Paul was like a, a mother who had been separated from her children. He didn't know how they were doing. He knew that the environment around them was not a healthy environment. He knew that they could be in trouble, but he didn't know what to do about it. So he spent a lot of time in, in anguished prayer. He spent a lot of time in, in uh, discussing with the other saints what he should do, of course. And, and, uh, uh, and then he finally decided, we're going to send Timothy. We'll have him go back. Paul was anxious over their suffering. He was anxious over the heavy temptation that they were facing there in uh, Thessalonica because of uh, all of the sexual immorality that they were exposed to and all of the other temptations. And, and these saints were still tender and young. And Paul was very concerned about it. He wanted if Satan had overthrown their faith and, and, and whether or not his work 
the work that he had done there in establishing that church would all come tumbling down and be in vain. When he couldn't stand the pressure any longer, again, he, he sent Timothy. Now, the hostile Jewish people there, they knew Paul and they knew Silas, but they weren't that familiar with Timothy. So Timothy was able to get back in and to get in and begin to teach the, the saints there and begin to build up their faith. Now I'm reading verses six through eight. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. But now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. So Timothy returned back to Paul with great news. The Thessalonian saints were standing strong. God had kept them. God had shielded them and protected them. And God had made them strong enough to be able to stand the persecution. They missed Paul and company, and they wanted desperately to see them just as much as Paul and company wanted to see the Thessalonians. Paul was relieved and ecstatic. He was ecstatic about the fact that they are doing well. They are standing. They have stood the test. So now he could celebrate life. Um, he said, now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. In other words, everything is going to be all right now. Now I can live. Now I can breathe. Now, um, Paul was so attached to these saints and he was so concerned about them uh, and so um, possessive of them in a sense that uh, the sense that a mother would be possessive and protective of her own children, that uh, he couldn't really relax and he couldn't enjoy life because he didn't know how they were doing. Now he's gotten a word back from Timothy that they're doing well. Now we can celebrate. Now we can really live because you're standing strong. You're standing firm in God. Now verses 9 and 10. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Uh, when you genuinely love someone, their success is your success. Their progress is your progress. Paul offered joyful prayers of thanksgiving to God for the great news. He knew who to thank. He knew who should get the credit. He knew that God was watching over his flock, even when Paul couldn't be there to watch over them. God had answered Paul's intercessory prayers and kept the Thessalonians uh, saying, standing firm. Although his first prayers were answered, Paul said in immediately, he continued to pray night and day uh, for his next desire. His next desire was to get there. He wanted to be able to go back into Thessal Thessalonica despite the terrible treatment that he had received there. Uh, despite the heavy persecution, he wanted to go back in and personally minister to these saints there and give them what they needed to really st be strong and, and grow. They needed more teaching to grow in their faith. The Bible teaches persistence and consistence in prayer. Uh, we should really lock on to what we need like a laser. We should be tenacious when we pray. 
In the 18th chapter of Luke, Jesus told the story of a woman who wanted justice from a judge who tried to ignore her, but her persistence wore him down. If our prayers don't, uh, don't contradict or conflict with God's word, we should uh, keep praying until we get what we want. We should be persistent in prayer. And that's how Paul was. He prayed night and day, asking for the same thing. Lord, open the way for me to get back to the, to the Thessalonians so that I can minister to them, so that I can make sure that they're all right, so that I can build them up in their faith. Now we're looking at verses 11 through 13. Now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with his holy ones or with his saints. Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians was, number one, for God to clear the way for a trip to Thessalonica. He wanted to go back. And again, Paul was tenacious about that prayer. He prayed it night and day without stopping. He also prayed for God to increase their love, um, their love for each other and their love for Paul. And Paul, in essence, said, let them love us and each other more, increase their love. And then Paul asked God to strengthen their hearts. He wanted God to, to make them strong and, and make them able, enable them to stand through whatever they had to face. He asked God to make them blameless and holy when the Lord Jesus comes uh, with his holy ones or with his saints. Paul was praying that God would keep working in their lives until he has finally finished with them what he started in their lives when Jesus comes. Philippians 1.6 says, God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Oh, so the spirit of every Christian who dies before Jesus comes rests in heaven and will come back with him when he comes. The body will be recreated and glorified and each spirit will re-enter its own body and give it life again and rise. Those who are dead will rise from, from the graves or wherever their bodies were left. God will recreate those and, and um reintroduce the spirit back to them, and they will live again. Jude 1.14 says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. So he is going to bring the spirits of those dead saints back with him. They are now resting in heaven. They are comfortable in heaven. They are enjoying the beauty and the pleasure, pleasures of heaven. But when Jesus comes back, he'll bring their spirits uh, with, with him, and uh, they will be reunited with their bodies. Now we'll cover the return of Christ with his saints in more detail in chapters four and five. God will continue to move us toward perfection in this life and finish the job when Jesus comes. He's working in us. We're not there yet. None of us are there yet. We have imperfections. Uh, some of us gross imperfections, but God is working on us. He is sanctifying us. He is changing us. And he's going to finish that job when he comes again. Well, that brings us to the close of chapter three, sort of a short chapter there. 
In our next session, we'll cover chapter four. Thank you for joining us and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. We hope this program has benefited you in your Christian walk. For a free download of this program and to browse Dr. Sullivan's books, videos, and audio titles, visit our website at EmergeCurriculum.com. Please tune into our next teaching session on Vision Stream Network or listen on demand from our podcast. Trust you've enjoyed this teaching. I want you to know that my book, Teach Me About Heaven, it's available on Amazon.com or you can get it at www.emergecurriculum.com.